0: here we are again at the kitchen table. Thanks for joining me. This is Arctic Eric, and this is part 10 of Faith in Christ Always. I thank you again for being here with me at the kitchen table time after time. If this is your first time, welcome to FICA. Faith in Christ Always is our theme, and as I said, this is part number 10. I encourage you to share these with others. And if you haven't heard the preceding messages on faith in Christ always, you may want to listen to those as well. The last time we met here at the kitchen table, I mentioned that we have peace with God. And at the beginning of Paul's letters, he generally, if almost not always, mentions grace and peace to you. And in Galatians, he expands his welcome, his introduction, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is a peace that goes beyond our understanding and is actually completed, that objective understanding we have, but it's completed experientially. When deep in our hearts we experience that new life and the peace with God that it accompanies. Our discussion today here at the kitchen table is going to focus on righteousness. And we'll, of course, define that as we go through Scripture here at the kitchen table. Let's begin in Romans, chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. It begins with two words, but now. Listen, God is in the now for each of us. Today is that day. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Today is the day to know him more intimately. So, but now. Let's live in the right now. Faith is a right now proposition. But now, the righteousness of God. What is that? God's righteousness, the righteousness of God, is the act by which God himself brings people into a right relationship with himself. That is known as the righteousness of God. We see here, by definition, it's an act by which God brings people into a right and proper relationship with himself. And this is done, as we read here in Romans, apart from the law. That has been revealed to us and witnessed by the law and prophets. So it is not law-keeping, no. It is a righteousness, a right relationship given to us by God. And the question is, how do we receive that? How do we live in that peace, in that right relationship with God? Well, we declare here in Scripture, it's declared even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So we receive, we appropriate, we take hold of the Lord Jesus Christ and God's righteousness, we're counted righteous before God. God's righteousness comes to us through Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ. And for whom? For the law keeper, no, to all and on all who believe. So we can see that believing is also a part of it, and we'll look further at that. In Romans chapter 4, verse 3, there's a question here. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. And Abraham, we know, is the father of faith. Abraham believed God, and it Faith in God, Abraham's believing God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. But what is a righteous person? A righteous person is someone who lives by God's amazing grace through the Spirit of God, lives in a right relationship with God by faith. So Abraham, a righteous person, through faith, and we also become righteous people in a right standing with God the very same way. We don't need to back away from being righteous because it isn't our righteousness. It isn't our rightness, our properness, our correctness. No, it is the righteousness that comes from God through faith in Jesus Christ. Never by works never by keeping the law we read in galatians 3 6 abraham believed in adhered to trusted in and relied on god and this was accounted to him reckoned to him credited to him As righteousness. Yes, he conformed to God's divine will in purpose, thought, and action by believing. And listen, in James, we're told that he, Abram, was called God's friend. And we also become family. We also become friends through the new birth, through faith in Jesus Christ. Amazing, amazing, amazing. All right, let's continue here with Romans 4, 5. To him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So we can see here we have a part to do. Don't help God. It's not by works. It's not by keeping the rules and the regulations. No, it is simply, totally, completely by believing on him The one who justifies the ungodly. And to a religious mind, it's so difficult to think that God would justify an ungodly, unrighteous, unholy person. But that's why God sent his son to die for me and to die for you and to die for all sinners everywhere. So that by faith, they also could be justified. What is that? Counted righteous before God, because God provides his righteousness in Christ Jesus. My, my, my. So we can see also in Scripture, because it said his faith is accounted as righteousness, that there is a link between righteousness and faith. It's part of being in a right relationship with God. What is that? It's believing and trusting Him. Listen, the New Testament doesn't see faith simply in terms of moral righteousness, but also in terms of a living, trusting, vibrant relationship with God. Isn't that wonderful? In Romans 9.30, another question. But what shall we say then? The Gentiles, who did not pursue righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. Listen, I was not pursuing God. He was pursuing me. I was running from him, and he ran up and caught me and whispered in my ear through Scripture that he loved me. I attained righteousness through faith. I was not seeking him, but he was seeking me. No one comes to the Father unless the Father draws him. But when the Father draws him, when we hear the gospel, and when we choose from our free will to believe the gospel and trust exclusively in, rely exclusively upon the Lord Jesus Christ, We are born again. We become children, righteous children, because we're right through that which God has provided. You know, we're told, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He will help us to seek him first, and we seek him in Scripture. He will help us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is our righteousness, our wisdom, our understanding, our holiness, our sanctification. In Christ Jesus. In Philippians 3, 9 we read, And be found in Him, Paul is writing, to be found in Him, in Christ, not having any righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That's right. Scripture affirms that The righteousness of God and Jesus Christ flows through them in all that they do. They are righteous, pure, and holy, and they want us in Christ Jesus to be counted righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. Faith is such an important part. What is the person without spot or wrinkle? The one who's found in Christ by faith alone— Not by works plus faith or faith plus works for salvation, no. Found in Christ. Listen, Paul counted all the good, great, wonderful things, quote, unquote, that came to him through keeping the law as nothing but scrap when compared to the glory of knowing Jesus Christ personally, intimately, and daily as a result of walking with Christ through the help of the Helper, the Holy Spirit. Isn't it tremendous? Okay, we're saying here now that this righteousness is from God by faith. What do we mean? Well... This full faith and trust is what makes us pleasing in the sight of God. Many people desire, I hope even more and more so, to be pleasing to God, but not understanding that they're already right with God. They're not sure how to continue in a relationship with Him because it's so easy to drag works back into the relationship to try to sustain that relationship through our own power and effort. But we can see in Hebrews eleven six that without faith, without a living, vibrant faith, it is impossible to please God. What is it that pleases God? The one who wants to please God must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Yes, many, many, many believe that there is a God. They believe that He is but they're not trusting Him to save them, to deliver them, to heal them, to walk in them as a result of His empowerment through Scripture and the Spirit to diligently seek Him. If we're seeking Him, that is a good evidence that we not only believe that He is, but that he will do all that he said he would do according to Scripture, that he will complete that which he began. Let's look at Noah in Hebrews 11:7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his household. And we're to live that way. There are warnings in Scripture. There are promises in Scripture, things that we have not yet seen. But our healthy, reverential fear of the Lord causes us to walk into those things which God has prepared for you, for me, for our households. Jesus is the ark. It is the ark in us, and we are in the ark, sealed unto the day of redemption by the precious Holy Spirit. We need to remember that our righteousness is not on par at all with God's righteousness. We cannot, through our own ability, strength, and power, achieve a righteous, right-standing, right relationship in the sight of God or with God. It just isn't going to happen. We can work ourselves wearily with good works and good actions and good thoughts and good attitudes in order to be good enough for God. But we will always fall short because God, as I said earlier, he is the one who must provide the access to himself in order to be right with him. And that access comes through a person, not by works, not by the law but by faith in Jesus Christ. Let's remember what Scripture says. There is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. We all, like an unclean thing, we're all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags in terms of trying to reach out to God. Listen, God so loved the world that He reached us by sending His only begotten Son to this earth as the Son of Man and the Son of God, who died on a cross for you and for me for our sins, and was raised for our justification, and is seated at the right hand of the Father now, interceding for us. That is where our righteousness comes from. You know, in Proverbs we're told that every way of a man is right in his own eyes. You know, there is so much situational goodness. There is so much comparative goodness. Well, I might do this, but I don't do that. And that makes me better than the one that does that, because I only do this. Or, my good works are greater than his or her good works. Listen, God's not counting works. He's counting on you, trusting him, relying on him and walking with him by faith in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Listen, don't get caught up in people saying, How wonderful you are and that you're just saintly or anything else such as that. Listen, you're a saint because of faith in Jesus Christ and nothing else. I say that again. You're a saint by faith in Jesus Christ and nothing else. Think about the story of the tax collector and the Pharisee. Jesus spoke this parable about some who were trusting in themselves that they were righteous and at the same time despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The religious folk stood and prayed thus with himself. Notice he prayed with himself. God, I thank you I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eye to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, rather than the religious one. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. We know that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We read in Romans chapter 3, it's written, There is none righteous. Nope, not one. There's none who understands. There's none who seek after God. They all have turned aside. They together have become unprofitable. And there is none who does good. Nope, not one. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those under the law. Listen now. We know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth would be stopped and the world would become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh, no person will be justified in God's sight. Because what does the law bring? The law brings the knowledge of sin. When we hear the law, we're convicted not condemned. We're convicted of our sin so that we can turn to God and ask for forgiveness and cry out to Jesus. So this true righteousness is the result of the action of God because what the law could not do because it was weak through the flesh. Listen, you're weak. Your soul is weak. So we needed help, and God did it by sending Jesus in the likeness of sinful man. And because of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit." That's right, we walk by faith according to the Spirit, which is why we must be born again, by the Spirit of God, through faith in Jesus Christ. So we will discover in this life, in this walk, that we have a desire to please God, to keep His law, but we discover that our human weakness means that true righteousness True law keeping, the ability to keep God's law, his precepts for right expression of the relationship must be produced by the Holy Spirit's work in and through us. Okay, well, it's kind of a long one here. Part number 10, faith in Christ always. Thanks for being here with me at the kitchen table. Looking forward to the next time we meet. May the Lord bless you Today, may you see that you, because of faith in Jesus Christ, have a right relationship with God, and that His peace would be upon you, in you, and flow through you, no matter what the situation or what the circumstance. Good day.